Well, you certainly know how to compliment a woman. Well, if you'll excuse me. Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. is Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Coming up on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. People obsess on their purpose or their passion. You know, don't do that. You'll have multiple purposes. You'll have one purpose, you'll go for that. You'll, you'll find something else, you'll go for another purpose. We'll have multiple purposes that we'll be passionate about throughout our life's journey. And also... The one superpower I would love to have is a way of giving to communities the power of kindness and love. Hi, this is Ray Zen. Hi, I'm Jamie Martin from Ideal Shopping Direct. I'm Kate Bell, founder of Zip Us In. Hi, my name is Eirik Aide Patterson. I'm a co-founder of Seaborg Technologies. Hi, I'm Katie Farrell, transformation coach, founder of The Catalyst for Life. Hey everybody, I'm David Frangioni, CEO and co-founder of All Access IDA, Inspire and Develop Artists, and you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changer. Check it out. Hi, this is Louise Findlay-Wilson from Energy PR, and the advice I'd give to game-changing entrepreneurs would be around the subject of managing stress. Uh, stress inevitably comes if you're running a business, and if you're running something that's going to be a real market disruptor, you're going to have more than your fair share of worries along the way. Uh, but the secret to handling it, in my experience, having founded a couple of businesses, is that you need to learn to compartmentalize the stress and the worry. If something's a major worry to you, you have got to learn to be able to forget about it once you get home. And the secret to doing that is that you very simply work out the absolute worst case scenario um, of any particular problem or worry. What's the absolute worst thing that can happen? You work out how you would deal with that worst case scenario. And once you're satisfied that you know how to deal with the very worst case scenario, you can completely park the worry. You don't need to think about it anymore and you vow to yourself you're not going to. You met mentally put it away in a filing cabinet, you file away that worry because you know you've got it sorted. If it happens, if the worst thing, worst comes to the worst and the worst thing happens, you know that you know how to deal with it. So you do not need to worry about it anymore. So that's my top tip. Hope you guys find it helpful. Hi, I'm Dr. Joan Martini, and you are listening to Kizzy's Friday's Game Changer. 
Welcome to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers with your host Kizzy and Quatcha, a show for innovators and motivators, people just like you. Kizzy is the publisher of Business Game Changer magazine and the property investor, editor of the successful Women in Business book series and the best-selling Every Entrepreneur's Guide series. Every week, Kizzy and his guests provide you with the tools you need to take your game-changing business to the next level. Listen, learn, and innovate. Now meet your host, your mentor, and your fellow game changer, Kizzy and Quatcha. Hello and welcome to Kids Friday Game Changers. This week I'm joined by Rob Hartnett, one of the world's leading authorities on high-performance leadership, mindset and sales performance. Now Rob's also the author of four books, including It's All Possible, which is focused on inspiring and equipping leaders to become possibility seekers. I love that phrase, possibility seekers, and encourages them to ask the questions, what could be? Not just for themselves, but also for the teams they lead. In just a few minutes, I'll be talking to Rob Hartnett to find out how you can maximize your performance and unlock the keys to success. This is Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Take the cat out, lock yourself in, and sit back. Call your friends and spread the word. Tell them that Kizzy's Friday Game Changers show is the best you've ever heard. Hello and welcome to the show. Before we jump into this week's inspiring and insightful conversation, I just want to remind you that Business Game Changer magazine is updating its groundbreaking guide to stepping off the corporate hamster wheel and living a fuller, more rewarding life. Now, the book, How to Escape Your 9 to 5 and Do Something Amazing, is described as a freedom manifesto for the post-COVID world. Now, Business Game Changer magazine is looking for contributors who can write chapters offering advice on how to shake off the shackles of the nine to five, but still make a decent living. To contribute to the book, email wearegamechangers at outlook.com. That email, just one more time, is wearegamechangers at outlook.com. Okay, that's it. Job done. This week's guest, Rob Hartnett, has dedicated his life to studying high-performance leadership, mindset, and sales performance. Now, Rob started his career at KPMG, and he's worked in senior management roles at global organizations such as uh, Apple Computer, Publicist Mojo, and Hewlett-Packard, where he won the coveted Asia Pacific High Achiever Award. Rob, it's amazing to have you join me. Hey, Kizzy, how are you going? It's fantastic to be here with you, mate. Listen, um, I, I am so fascinated by your career. Tell me, Rob, how did you make that transition from working in the corporate world to building this amazing advisory practice? Well, it was um, pretty easy, really. I mean, I always wanted to sort of get into my own business and had a couple of attempts at it. Didn't actually work the first time, Kizzy, I'll be honest with you. Um, but second time around, um, it's been a lot better. And I uh, just made the transition really from wanting to still work with the corporations. I still love working with large organizations and their people, um, but actually just wanted to work with myself and have a bit more freedom and just really do what I wanted to do and bring, um, you know, bring a lot more inspiration and joy to the workforce. So I couldn't do that working for one company and I wanted to work for a whole lot of them and they just were as many hours a day. So I had to start my own. So what were the initial challenges you faced in getting your practice off the ground and how did you overcome them? I think the first thing you've got to overcome is that when you when you leave the corporate world, um, you, know, you are not your business card. And a lot of people fail with that. A lot of people, when they leave their business or leave a really high-flying job in the C-suite or whatever, um, think they're still an absolute rock star. But when they leave, no one cares less. They're really more interested in the person who took over your job title. And so the first thing you've got to do is get over yourself and get over your own ego and realize, what am I really here for? So that was the first part of just learning that. 
um, and taking that journey to realize, what am I here for? I'm really starting again. So you know, the first thing is, you know, get your backing right. Um, have your plan A, your plan B, your plan C, and your plan D. And this is especially important with COVID. If you're going to try and get your side hustle up going now, it's still a good time to do it. Just make sure you've got your planning ready. So it's having that. I think the other big thing for me, Kizzy, was having the, um, the backing of my family. So my family and my wife especially was incredibly supportive. They've got to be on board for this. They've got to understand the journey. You've got to understand the sacrifice. It's also the upside as well. It's why you're doing it. Um, but they've got to be on the journey as well. It makes it so much easier. And I was very blessed in that in that situation. It's interesting you say that you've got to be able to uh, start from scratch and accept it because it sounds like you've actually got to be able to manage your ego as well. Oh, totally. You've got to, you've got to learn. And, um, look, I've always had uh, a growth mindset before it was uh, cool to call it a growth mindset before Carol Dweck came out with that fantastic book mindset. But I've always been about learning. I've always been about finding out what's better. I've always studied people, um, uh, who were better than me or doing different things or benchmarking the best. And I still do every time I'm doing something new in any part of my life. It's like, who's world's best practice? Who's doing this well? What can I learn? And so you really have to have that, that attitude and sort of not so much drop your ego at the, at the door. Um, um, but it's just not about you. It's about learning yourself and, in, and learning, you can really learn from absolutely anybody. And, uh, and I've seen that for a lot of my mentors, and I'm sure you're the same. A lot of, a lot of heroes and mentors we have, the really true, authentic ones, are always learning. They want to learn from me, and that blows me away sometimes. Um, and also, you've you got to learn as well. And now it's a, it's a journey of life. I'm trying to work out, Rob. Are you still a student are you, or are you a tutor? Or would you say you're a combination of both ideas? I think I'm a combination of both, but I, I, at heart, I'm a student. So if I had to choose the two, I'm definitely a student. I'm always learning. And, uh, you know, I, I loved your, your, um, one of the sessions I listened to was with uh, Dr. John uh, DiMantini. You, you recorded it was sensational. I was taking so many notes from, from that, um, you know, podcast you did with, uh, with a good Dr. John. And I'm always learning. So I'm probably more a student. Um, I, I then like to take the research in and, and add, add my own flavor to it and then make sure I get it out, get the message out to, to inspire many, uh, many others as I can. You know, the idea of constantly learning is something that we share in common. Um, when I talk to people like yourself and to John and uh, to all these amazing uh, game-changing business people, I'm actually sitting here with my notebook and I'm, I am literally taking notes as they're talking. <laughs> I'm thinking, otherwise, this would cost me an absolute fortune in consultancy fees. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or am, am I not invoicing? Did we not say that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, uh, I forgot to mention that, uh, you know, this, this is all uh, quid pro quo, okay? Makes great, okay? <laughs> well, it's been good talking. You've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave me just yet. Don't leave me just yet. In, in your, in your uh, latest book, It's All Possible, you explore how to become a game changer in sports, stage, screen, and business. You feature like people like uh, Russell Crowe, Bradley Cooper, ACDC, Lady Gaga, what the hell? Tell me, uh, Rob, why did you write It's All Possible? What was the point to the book? The point with the book was that I really wanted to um, pull together a book and I was coming, I'd, I'd written um, three beforehand and my publisher said, and I had five ideas, she said, which one do you really want to write? And I thought, you know what, if, if it all fell over, if anything happened to me, what would be the book that I really like to leave and leave for my family? And it really was a book around inspiration and motivation. And that's where it's all possible came. Because I've got, um, as you'll see in the book, there's like my, my 5L mantra. My 5L mantra is live, laugh, learn, love, and leave a legacy. And through that last one was probably to leave a legacy. So I really wanted to get that book done. 
um, around uh, it's all possible because I truly believe it is. And I've seen so many things in my life. I'm no doubt you have as well, where people have broken through and, and, you know, turned their impossible into a possible. And so that was the real, real reason for the book. Plus I'd done enough stuff myself. I'm not a, I'm certainly not one of those people who, who writes books that has never done anything in their life. And, you know, it's amazing how many children's books I've read that have been written by people without children. Um, you know, and that's an example of that. But I just really wanted to to do something where I felt there were some common threads. And what was so pleasing after I'd finished the book was getting the um, some great testimonials from you know Olympians, from uh, business executives, from entrepreneurs who all all agreed with the the uh, the four steps that I had in the book. And that was really exciting for me to, to to know that I was actually onto something. And it's not that hard. It's never rocket science, but it is around that whole thing of just having that desire, that discipline, that determination. As you're speaking, I'm wondering to myself, did you write this book for other people or do you think a book like this could have been of huge benefit to you when you started off on your game-changing journey? Oh, look, there's no doubt, Kizzy. I mean, I mean, a lot of research is actually me search. Um, you know, I'm certainly up for that. Um, it was certainly a book that I, I had been, I had many, many notes over a long time. It was 12 years between my third book and this one, uh, just getting caught up on the, on life. Um, so I really wanted to pull together a whole bunch of notes I hadn't thinking. So yes, it was, it was definitely a book I would like to have. And, and I wrote it. You know, I wrote it really um, for it to appear at airports, um, to be able to pick it up at a reasonable price. I wanted it for students who are getting through school. I wanted it for people who are thinking about what uni course I should do. I wanted it for people who are contemplating a side hustle. I wanted it for new leaders and I wanted it for seasoned leaders. So there's, there's, there's a lot in it. There's a lot of detail in it. I'm pretty thorough on the research. Um, but it's an easy read as well. I didn't, it's what people, people have said to me is very accessible and very relatable. And to me, that's, that's a really great compliment because I, I tried to write it, um, how I would enjoy reading it. And I'm not a, I don't like detailed books and a lot, a lot of research and, you know, a lot of statistics where the author is really showing off how much they know. I kind of get that, but I wanted a book that people could read from right all the way through. And, and be satisfied and come back and check it out at different times. A couple of years ago, I um, decided that I was going to try my hand at fiction writing because I, I read a lot of fiction. I, I read people like um, Tom Clancy and Patterson, uh, Wilbur Smith, and I love those adventure books. I thought, I know, I'm going to write my own um, adventure thriller book. And I actually did do it. I, I, I wrote a book, um, Heaven's Fire, um, got a publisher, published it. And one day, Rob, one day I was on a train going to work and I saw a woman holding a copy of my book and she was reading it and you know what I stayed on the train staring (laughs) at her and I missed my stop (laughs) I know it's it is amazing isn't it when you see that um I mean when you see your book in a bookstore it's awesome when you see someone reading it and I think um I'm not sure when you wrote it Kizzy what year it was but in the era of social media today uh, it still blows me away when I, I get a, I see an Instagram post of someone reading the book. They've, they've posted something and they've, they've tagged me in it. And I think it's one of the wonderful things of social media is you're able to see, oh my God, you know, someone's read my book in England or Texas or, um, Philippines and things like that. It just, it still blows me away. And it's, it's worth all the, all the effort it goes to writing a book when you see it's, it's making a difference to somebody. It certainly does. Absolutely. And I know that in, um, it's all possible. You talk about this four step process that, 
everybody you've spoken to or most of the people you've spoken to use to achieve success. Rob, can you give us an idea of what these four steps are? Yeah, so the four steps are, one, your attitude and mindset. So attitude and mindset is number one. Um, and I must say, Kizzy, I didn't actually have that as number one originally. And, and the reason why is because I've been a learner and a continual learner like yourself. Uh, and I've studied and worked with elite sports people and entrepreneurs and others uh, who already had their attitude and mindset, you know, set. So I kind of, I actually started with vision, which is the second part, but I realized that not everybody's like that. And that attitude and mindset is so important. And the reason it's the most important one is because if you haven't got that right, um, then your vision will be small and your dream will be small and what you can achieve will be small. And, and we weren't put on this earth to have small dreams. We weren't put on here to have to do small things. So my attitude and mindset's the first one. And I talk about that and about our habits and beliefs and opinions and experiences and how they get in our head and how things can be in our head from our upbringing and, and beliefs. And, that, and so I spend some, a, lot of, a lot of time on that. The second step is once your attitude and mindset is healthy and you've got good mindset maintenance, which is the M part, uh, which means you're, you, you're smoothing out the ups and downs of life, from the ups of elation to the depths of uh, like, a, like an ocean wave. Oh, my God, it's really bad. To up, it's really great. So you smooth that out. Then it's your vision. So your second one is your vision. What, what is it that... What do I want to do? What is it? And in detail, not a dream. It's literally a vision. It's like, what does it actually look like? What, is, what will it be like when I get there? What will it feel like? What will it look like? And then from there, what is my strategy to get that vision? And strategy brings in timelines. It brings in coaches. It brings in people. It brings in actually thinking about the detail to achieve it. And the last one, the most important one is action. What is the action I'm going to take? And that's the fourth one is action. And then I help people with action because Kizzy, a lot of people get to action and they know they should be doing something, but they procrastinate and they don't know what to do. And so I broke action up into three smaller steps, which is knowledge, process, and skill. So what knowledge do I need to get that I don't have right now and who's got it? What processes, habits, routines do I need to get into that I don't know now that I need to get myself from doing this on a repeatable, consistent basis? And then I've got to get some skill. So I might have the knowledge, but do I have the skill? And that's a big difference between knowledge and skill. And so it's those three. It just allow people. Now, the good thing about this is that you might say, I've got the knowledge. Fantastic. Tick box. You don't have to read that bit. Go on to process and skill. Or you might have the, some skills, but you need a bit more knowledge. So it's, it's a book that you can have a look through and go, yep, I've got my vision. I just haven't got the strategy. Or maybe my attitude and mindset's not right. So it's not a book like a fiction book like yours or like Twilight, where you've got to read it from start to finish. You can actually pick a chunk out of it, a chapter at a time go heavy on that and then come out and then go back to it. And that was the, the concept of the four, attitude and mindset, vision, strategy, action. Do you know, I'm just wondering to myself, um, once you've got all these four steps in process, in, in place, and you actually start taking action, what if it doesn't work? What, how do we handle the idea that maybe, the, maybe what we're going to do doesn't work? What, what happens to it? What do we do when it fails? Um, the good thing is if it fails, that's awesome because you've learned. So the whole thing is to also look at your wording and your language, which I spend a bit of time on in the book. So have you failed or did you experiment and learn? Um, and they're, they're two different things and our attitude to them is important. So one of the things I brought into this was a, an acronym called CHAMPION. So the, I use the word CHAMPION as an acronym. So when you try something, uh, and sometimes it can be quite daunting, you know, like you, and if you think about writing your fiction book, I mean, you, when you start that, you think this is a great idea until you start pen to paper or you start to type it out. And you go, oh my God, this is huge. Um, you know, my first thing is when you've got any big goal, the vision, firstly, the C is for chunk it down. So chunk it down to smaller bite-sized pieces you can do and you can measure. 
um, the H of champion is have a go. Start to do something because unless you take action, the learning doesn't start and people don't really know if you're serious or you're just talking. The A is assess your results. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Was I on track? Was I off track? The M is for mindset maintenance, which I've talked about. Um, the P is hang out with the right people who help you get back up again, who help you if you fall down or will correct your cause. So good, passionate people, because I'm a big believer that motivation is 50% yourself and 50% of who you're hanging out with. Um, investigate the best. So what are the best already doing? Own the outcome. So if you do fail, fantastic. You've learned something. You don't want to fail again. So what can you do differently? Or if you did actually, if it went okay, Kizzy, if you actually succeeded, celebrate that. You know, own the outcome. You, you put the effort in. And then the end is never give in, right? Never give in. And it's a learning journey. And that's really what a lot of the growth mindset is about is, is saying that I can do it as long as I put in the effort, I get good coaching and I'm willing, I'm willing to, you know, to fail in the early stages or during it just to have a go and learning. And, you know, we talked about business a bit earlier on. One of the things I've found that startups and side hustles and people who build businesses fast, one of the secrets you can do if you've got a small team is every every week, like every Friday, have a failure meeting, right? So everybody in the team has to bring along something they failed at that week, right? You can't have three people bringing along and three people laughing. That doesn't work, right? So everyone comes along and says, hey, I, I tried this, it failed. It could be, you know, I tried a Facebook post and it didn't work. We tried to do um, a new promotion and that didn't work. We tried a new line uh, going out to the market or we went to a different segment of the market and that didn't work. What do we learn? So what do we fail at? What do we learn? And you will accelerate the growth in a business really, really fast if you if you fail, learn and communicate. I love that idea. So really, we're not failing. We're, we're just getting feedback constantly, aren't we? Constantly. Failing forward is another way. Some people call it that. So it's failing forward, but you, you, you're going at it. And uh, you know, John Maxwell is one of my mentors, one of the great leaders in the US, leadership coach. And, and he stunned me one day. He said, you know, what is something that you, uh, that you could do uh, knowing that you would fail? Right. So what is something that you would do knowing that you would fail, but you would learn a lot? Right. And, and that's a lot of things for me um, from sport to all sorts of things. I know I won't win, uh, but I know if I compete, I will learn a tremendous amount. And so I go in there with a whole different attitude, not to get beaten, um, knowing that I probably won't win it unless you know, something crazy happens. But I would learn a tremendous amount. So I go in there with the whole focus of what can I take out of this event that I'm about to, to do that will help me in the future. So just just keep talking. I'm just taking notes here as you're yep. talking. Well. Um, okay. yep. so, um, I've got in front of me champion. I've got yep. uh, chunk it, sit down, have chunk a go. Down. Yep. Chunk it uh, down, have a go, assess, mindset. Mindset, yep. yep. And then make sure you have the right people around you. Yep. Um, investigate. What am I investigating? You're investigating the best people, right? So go find out right. what the world's best. Yeah, who's the, yeah. So in your case, when you're looking at Tom Clancy, how does Tom Clancy write? Who's his publisher? Um, where did he start writing? How did he start writing? What's, you know, that's the worst. So investigate the best. If that's, if that's the best in the market that you're, uh, you're interested in. So just investigate the best. And the reason I put that in there, Kizzy, is what I found is that people who are the best at something, uh, are typically incredibly passionate about it and they love sharing, you know, and, and so many people don't go and ask them. Um, and I'll give an example. Like I was, I did a, a cycling, a international cycling event when I moved my sport from yachting to cycling. And I went and I bit off more than I could chew and I did this international event uh, over in New Zealand. Um, and I was over there and I got, you know, I got, I, I learned a lot. I didn't do so bad. Um, but I, I, 
found a guy who got third. He was his car was parked near mine. I recognized him from getting third, and I was like 38th or something. Um, but he, it was a few things I wanted to ask him, and I just went across and said, hey, introduce myself. I said, hey, congratulations on the third, you know, fantastic effort, great to get the bronze. Um, I said, but, you know, can you explain this to me? Right. And he went, sure. And he literally unpacked his car. I didn't ask him to. He unpacked his car, unpacked his bike. And he went through in great detail this question I had because he was passionate about it. And he was, he recognized someone else who was also passionate about it. And he was so, and he was just so happy to share because when we're in that position, we, we know someone, someone comes to ask us something that we're passionate about. We love to share. It's our human nature to share and to, uh, to help others. So, Always do that. And that's why I say investigate the best because nine times out of 10, and look, you'll meet the odd one who will be tough. But most times, most people are happy to share to people who are genuine. It's such a strange phenomenon, isn't it? Because um, maybe 40, 50 years ago, if somebody had said to me, well, actually, I wasn't around them. But if somebody said to me 20 years ago, um, how how do you protect your ideas? You know, you'd, you'd naturally think, oh, I won't tell anybody my secrets. But in the, in the area that we're living in, the area that we're working in, I actually embrace the idea of telling people what I've done, how I did it, and also the problems I face and how they can avoid it. I thought that was just me, but from what you're saying, it sounds like a lot of people believe the same thing. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've said it numbers of times from all sorts of people. I know, you know, even you know, people like, you know, Russell Crowe, who's got a quote in my book, but Russell, um, you know, it can be a tough character. He's a tough character. He doesn't tolerate fools, but if you genuinely are into acting, if you generally are pursuing a career that Russell has pursued, he will help you out. And, and I've seen it on a number of occasions where he's gone out of his way to actually go, here's what I would do, here's what I wouldn't do, here's the three points you need to know, you know. Um, and, and he's done that for a number of very high-profile actors. Uh, he's helped along the way um, because people, uh, they recognize passion, they recognize enthusiasm because they were there. They never just woke up um, and suddenly became stars. You know, Russell Crowe was phenomenal right in the back in the days in Melbourne when he was getting his career together through Romper Stomper in the early days of his career. He was phenomenal learning, learning, learning on the phone. What's the next gig I can go for? When am I trying out for that? How did I go in this tryout? Because everyone, like everybody who's successful now, wasn't successful at some point. Right. Okay. So I is for investigate the best people. O is for own the results. And N, I've got never give in. Have I got it? That's it. That's it. That's the champion acronym. Yep. Right. This is the, the keys to success. I'm going to fold this up and put it in my wallet and hold on to it. Um, Rob, let's hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and come back to our conversation in just a few minutes. This week's incredibly talented entrepreneur, this week's boss star is Yul Gutenbeel. God, I hope I pronounced that right. Um, now, Yul... Is the founder and director of a legal startup called Mode.Law. Now, Yule's business provides a set of tools that enables businesses to take control of their legal work. But as well as being a game-changing business leader, Yule is also a very talented musician. I'll let Yule introduce himself and his track, Night Night. I'm Yule Gutenbeil, director of Mode.Law, an online platform that helps Australian businesses take control of their legal needs. Mode.law includes a range of tools that help small businesses manage their legal spend, such as automated contracts, a chat window to get legal guidance and quotes from lawyers, and a booking system to arrange full consultations. We've made all subscriptions free until the end of September to help businesses struggling with the COVID-19 crisis. This includes free legal guidance using the chat window. So this song is Night Night from my debut album. 
problem are. It's about that moment between being awake and asleep where dreams are most vivid. Musically, I was experimenting with blending very different genres like blues, drum and bass, and hip-hop. It's not a song that takes itself too seriously, so I hope you enjoy. founding partner of Wildcat Venture Partners. Hey, Tanja Lee here, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. I'm a leadership and mindset specialist for real estate and property professionals. Hi, I'm Jonathan from Amplify. Hi, I'm Johnny Cole, CEO of Payback Phone UK. I'm Kenneth Hafiano, the founder of Jogwefa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta Region, Ghana. My Friday is never the same without Kizzy's Friday Game Changes. game-changing interview share your thoughts by posting a comment sharing is caring kizzy's friday game changes don't just play the game change the game Friday Game Changers, elevator pitch of the week. Please stand back from the closing doors. Please select a level. 
going up. Hello, my name is Kaylin Howarth and I am the founder and director of The Performer's Edge, an online performance psychology coaching service for creatives and performers. Research indicates that musicians, artists and writers are far more likely to experience adverse mental health than the general population. And yet there are very few, if any, industry-specific services in Australia to psychologically support creative and performing artists and to help them reach peak performance. Whilst this type of service is really common in elite sports and in the corporate world, the arts really lags behind, which is why I wanted to start this service to provide that really niche, tailored service specifically for people in the creative industries. Top floor, good luck. Welcome back. Before the break, you're listening to Yul Gotenbell, the founder and director of a legal startup called Mo.Law. And I'm in the studio talking to game changer Rob Hartnett. Now, at this point of the show, I did ask my producer if we could have a drum roll, but instead I've got a sausage roll in front of me, which is not exactly the same thing. But anyway, um, nice bit of sausage roll. Um, we're at the part of the show we call the past, present and future. Now, Rob, don't panic. This means that I'm going to ask you three questions about your business past, your business present, and your business future. Now, if we get this right, the answers will give us a unique insight into the mind of game changer Rob Hartnett. Rob, are you game? I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Fantastic. Okay, now look, as always, you've got to close your eyes, uh, put your feet up, and imagine you can hear a clock ticking in the background. That's the sound of time passing by second after second. Imagine yourself traveling back in time to meet the young Rob Hartnett just starting out on his game-changing journey. What one important lesson would you advise Rob to always bear in mind? What one critical thing have you learned over the years that you think he could benefit from? I think back then, uh, one of the things I could really benefit on was the power of, uh, of mentors, the power of people who've gone before you um, to learn, learn from those people, seek those people out. Um, then really thinking about planning out, you know, a good three to five years in advance. That'd be one thing. You know, a lot of times I kind of moved around a lot uh, in, in the early days of my career. Uh, I'd be really just trying to get that bigger focus of where I was going, why I was going there and who'd gone before me so I could, you know, learn from them and just access their, the knowledge of some of the great mentors. And I, I, I must have, I did meet some back in those days. I don't think I took advantage of the situation I was in well enough. So I'd like to kind of just give myself a bit of a reminder to, uh, to learn from those mentors and those people who are, who are maybe a little bit, maybe five or 10 years older than me in the direction they've gone. At that time, did you have a clear sense of purpose? Did you know where you were going and why you wanted to be there? I uh, no, I wouldn't have thought so when I was really young. I was, uh, I, I'd come from a small business, very small business background and I, I landed myself at KPMG and it was a big wide world of accounting and uh, advisory and it was very exciting. And I, I think in, in, you know, I had certain purposes and my purposes back then were, were really around the weekend and were around a lot of yacht racing. I was doing very passionate about yacht racing and, uh, you know, went on to uh, win a world championship at national level. So when you're passionate about that, you're thinking about your weekends, uh, and really passionate about that. So I'd, I've had multiple purposes throughout my life, kids, you know, I but that's the other thing I would say when I was younger, and I'd say this to anybody. Um, you know, people obsess on their purpose or their passion. You know, don't do that. You'll have multiple purposes. You'll have one purpose. You'll go for that. You'll, you'll find something else. You'll go for another purpose. We'll have multiple purposes that we'll be passionate about throughout our life's journey, and that'll be a big message I'd give to myself as well. It's interesting, isn't it, that um, if you ask somebody, what what do they think of somebody who holds on to just one idea and does that 
you know, for the rest of their, for all of their life. They, they'd say, oh, that's a really strong person. But I think from what you're saying, that real strength is being able to adapt and to evolve and to reevaluate what's important to you. Absolutely, all the time. I mean, you had uh, you know, Jen Jevons on the other week on, on your podcast as well. And you look at her from a great singing career and back up with Savage Garden, her own hit single. Now she runs an awesome marketing agency in Brisbane. You've seen people like Mark Mothersberg, who's gone from Devo to doing some of the greatest soundtracks of movies. So, you know, all their purposes have evolved. If you look at so many people, they were doing one thing, they're doing something else. I think this week, isn't it? Ringo Starr's birthday, I think it's this week. Well, what an amazing character through the Beatles, through the drumming, through Thomas the Tank Engine, all the stuff that Ringo has done. If he just stuck to one thing, we would never have got the, the benefit of all Ringo's, you know, his, he, the essence of Ringo, who Ringo is, we would only have one element to it. If you could have one superpower, Rob, what would you have? The one superpower I would love to have is a way of giving to communities the power of kindness and love. That's what I'd love to do. I'd love people to see that kindness and respect and empathy is something I could just come in, see a community and kind of use my superpower to have them all support each other and, and grow as one and, and uh, get together and be together no matter what their you know, race, sexuality or anything else is. That'd be my superpower. So from what you're saying, it sounds as though giving back and bringing people together is really important to you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's what we're here for. I think you can uh, have, a, have a life where it's all about you, but you'll, you'll be pretty sad and lonely. I think it's about uh, inspiring others, picking others up and letting them, you know, and inspiring them to be who they are because there is only kind of one of us, as they say. And it might sound like it's a bit cliche, but the reality is it's, that's true. The DNA and the science will bear that out. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. I, I had a conversation with um, some uh, students a couple of weeks ago and they were asking me, how do you get into media and, you know, who do you, who do you have to speak to and stuff like that? And I was trying to explain to them that it's important not just to aspire to make a living, You've got to aspire to make a difference because that's the fuel that's going to keep you going when things get really tough. Absolutely, yeah. And things, and the thing is, when you're, as you know, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, things will get tough. Uh, you know, you and I were talking off air how it's tough it, it can turn. It might not be any of your fault. And that's what, you know, COVID is a good example of. You will be throwing the curveball and probably many curveballs. And it's how we respond and how we pick ourselves up and, and how we keep on going. Okay, well, that's the um, past taken care of. Let's uh, move forward into into the present. Um, tell me, Rob, here and now, who or what inspires you? Who or what inspires me? I think people, the people who are making a difference um, inspire me. The people who are uh, right now, if I was to look at that, the people who are inspiring me are the people who are stepping up. Um, and every crisis, uh, you know, like we're going through with COVID-19 globally, every crisis brings forward another leader. It brings forward someone who's going to do something different who decides to step up. And inspires me right now is that I guess the health workers and the doctors, um, and I've got a few friends who are in that profession who are just taking on a task they never signed up for doing things they never signed up for, never knew they were going to do. Uh, they know it's going to get worse and they're going back in. And, you know, some of these people are not the most highly paid professions, you know, and it's it's just amazing what I'm seeing doing. So they're the people who are inspiring me right now as we go through this um, health-led economy, um, which is the first time I think in history or certainly my history, probably your history, we've had a health-led economy. So those kind of people inspire me. It's the ones who are pivoting 
people decided to go, you know what, we're not giving up. We're going to change our business model. We're going to retain our employees. We're going to do things differently. And they've been able to, to spin on a dime. Um, some of those clients of mine, I love them for what they did. They were able to spin and quickly turn around and work quicker, work differently, and have really made a difference and, and inspired and kept their people going. I think the other, the other group of people that really inspire me now are those people who are stepping into leadership. Um, and leadership, you know, leadership's a verb. It's not a noun. Leadership is situational. Any, any one of us is a leader. You know, if any of you are out there and you've got children, well, welcome to leadership. You know, it's one of the hardest jobs as being a parent. Um, but you're a leader as well. And, you know, you're leading a family or whatever through this particular um, crisis. They're the people that I admire and they inspire me. You know, it sounds as though um, when you were putting that book together, you were actually like a kid in a, in a candy shop, just looking, talking to all of these inspiring individuals. Um, it must have been quite an experience for you. Um, yeah, it was really good. And, and look, a lot of them um, I knew personally, certainly some of the Olympians and the like um, from, from my sporting um, era. And uh, I really enjoyed working with them and some business leaders as well and getting to talk to those particular people and, uh, and, you know, getting, and getting them to, to kind of read certain parts or write certain parts. And a couple of them, I actually got them to, they had some fantastic stories. And they're everyday people, because that's the biggest thing for me was this book. I mean, I'm a, I'm a you know, father of three boys, you know, married, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, I'm nothing special. Uh, and there's so many stories about all these people who've won gold medals or become hugely successful entrepreneurs. They were just people growing up. They were, you or I, they were, but they had a dream and they wanted to achieve what they wanted to achieve and there was a process and a system that they all, all we all kind of followed in a way to, to get where we want to get to and there's stories about people um, you know one of my favourite stories is, is there was a lady there who's, who escaped East Africa of a, a war-torn country and crossed oceans on her own when she was 15 years old and landed in Australia well that's her you know her purpose is getting out of there and she's got many purposes you know now so yeah definitely inspired by the people in the book let's move into the future Rob join me into the future when people are talking about Rob Hartnett, what would you like them to be saying? I think I'd like them to say um, he cared and he made a difference. I think that'd be that'd be he cared and he made a difference. I think that would be important. Uh, that's kind of what I'd like, you know. Um, I'd say how good the difference was, but he cared uh, and he made a difference. And I think if anyone can can do that, um, you know, that's that's kind of a nice thing to to walk away with um, because there's a lot of stuff goes on and, you know, 50 years from here, um, you know, who knows, hopefully with medical, uh, what, medical things, the way they're going, we're still around. You and I can talk about it and actually and, and see it. But in 50 years, if they can say he cared and, uh, you know, he made a difference and inspired, that would be a fantastic thing. I have a feeling, Rob, that you're going to achieve that goal um, in less than 50 years because I think it's entrepreneurs and game changers like you that inspire other people because you've got that kind of um, – a guy next door uh, approach and I, I know how hugely successful you are so, but you still have that feet on the ground uh, attitude that I think can inspire a lot of people to think well if he's done it maybe I can have a go as well oh totally you know and look you know I'm nothing special um you know, we've all got our stories of, uh, of backgrounds and life and childhoods and all sorts of stuff. Everyone, everyone has, but um, we all overcome those things and, we, and it makes us, you know, who we are. And you, uh, I remember it's a great quote Tony Robbins said a long time ago when I, I got involved with his stuff back in the mid nineties. And he said, you know, let's not think about stuff. It's, it's happened to you. What, you know, what's the start? How have you become because of that? You know, how has that changed you? What do you now know that you didn't know back then? Uh, how can you turn, turn that around? You know, rather than it being a, a disease or, a, or something you carry on your shoulder, how can you turn that around and make it 
difference for other people, make a difference for someone who's going through that again. You know, what what's the upside of that? And that's always been a big one for me is glass half full. You know, what is the upside for this? What can we learn through this? What can we? How can I share that learning so someone else doesn't go through it, or they've they've got it, they lift it up, or they go through it shorter period of time than what I did. Very wise and inspiring words. Um, I've got a light flashing on my screen saying that we've <laughs> just got about enough time to do a quick shout out. Um, Rob, is there anybody you'd like to say hello to who may be listening to this uh, conversation we're having? Yeah, for sure. There's a couple of people um, in the book. Um, uh, one, one guy in particular who's uh, based in Switzerland uh, is my good friend Nathaniel Zerberg. Uh, Nathaniel is a great guy. He was he's about early 30s, but he was at the age of about four or five. He was told that his parents were told he wouldn't live. You know, and so he's amazing what he's been able to overcome medically. Um, and uh, and physically to to get where he is today. He's a good friend of mine. He's an inspiring speaker. So Nathaniel wrote a great part of my book. I really appreciate that. Uh, Fiore Giovanni was the lady I was talking about. Um, you know, he left uh, Eritrea, East Africa, and made a way to Australia. So a big shout out to Fiore for being so supportive of the book. Um, to um, Alyssa Camplin, who's a two-time Olympic medalist, gold medalist in skiing, was a, has been a great supporter of mine. Big, big, big thanks to her. And also two people in my immediate family who I want to call out for helping edit the book and write the book. Um, uh, correct me, I should say, uh, were my wife, Lisa, and uh, my middle son, Finn, who's actually a screenwriter. Um, and uh, I, gave, I got him to edit the book, Kizzy, and they look at it. And I remember coming to see Finn, and he had like three pages of notes written for me. And I said to him, Finn, this is fantastic. I'm so happy that you've done this for me. Um, you might, I bet you, gee, you got through the book really quickly. And he looked at me and he said, I'm on page 10. <laughs> Wow. And I said, I said, okay, I get it. So as a writer, I'm a good speaker, right? So that's one thing I learned through the writing process. Maybe you were the same. I'm not sure, but that's, that's what I learned. So good editors, great people like your families to support you. So big shout out to those guys. Fantastic. Listen, Rob, it's been an amazing experience getting to spend time with you on, uh, on Kids Friday Game Changers. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and your wisdom. No problem at all, Kizzy. Fantastic to talk to you. Well, the time I've spent with Rob Hartnett reminds me that once your mindset changes, everything on the outside will also change as well. And if you listen to Rob speaking, you'll realize that leadership is a mindset that shifts from being a victim to creating results. Any one of us can demonstrate leadership in our work and within our lives. This is a lesson that game changers like Rob Hartnett are teaching us every day. Listen, learn, and innovate. Playing us out is 33-year-old Ghanaian entrepreneur, Kenneth Hafiano. Now, Kenneth is a founder of Zabifa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta region, Ghana. When Kenneth's not training people in the fine art of batik, he's also, I'm sure you'll agree, a very, very talented musician. Here he is performing, Thank You For My Life. See you next week. Yeah, thank you for my life, yeah, for all the good things you've been doing for me, you have done it for free, thank you for our lives, yeah, for all the good things you've been doing for my friends too, you still do all for free, thank you for their lives, yeah. For all the great things you've been doing for them You still do all for free, yeah Thank you for the life of the motherless kids on the street
And I thank you for the ghetto youth hustling every day for what to eat. Monica house to live in is necessary, but life first, good health for the family. Some of they are trying to take away authority. Tomorrow that comes, nobody could decide. If your plan may work, doesn't mean you income. You're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, the world's number one business podcast experience. Listen, learn, and innovate. Thank you for my life. Yeah, for all the good things you've been doing for me, you have done it for free. Thank you for our lives, yeah, for all the great things you've been doing for us, you still do more for free. Thank you for their lives, yeah, for all the great things you've been doing for them too. You still do all for free, yeah. I'm all like Bay, I'm a Bay, you talk with well, Anyola. You know, you turn a play. Me so a great chico, I demi like you know, we ma. Funo ya de leke ma. Kobale bang bang, quack, bear, womate plu. Presida katmanda, voa, womate plu de. Agbea le vevede. Nale beneto, one yue de. I'm all a koji la viji. Merci pour la force et la vie Tous les maladies sont guéries La plus nécessaire c'est la vie Laisse-moi vivre comme je veux La plus nécessaire c'est la vie Tous les maladies sont guéries Plus nécessaire c'est la vie Laisse-moi vivre comme je veux Yeah For all the good things you've been doing for me Kizzy's Friday Game Changers Don't just play the game, change the game Thank you for my life Yeah for all the great things you've been doing for my friends too You still do all for free Thank you for their lives, yeah For all the great things you've been doing for them You still do all for free, yeah